Hey y'all, this is the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Wells, MD. Listen in each week, and I'll share what I've learned from science and scriptures that encourage you and how to choose healthy habits so that you can lose extra weight and improve your health while cultivating joy. Be sure you're following the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Now let's dive into this week's topic. Hello and welcome back. I hope that y'all are having a great week. So this week I'm going to talk about um, the Christian motivation for living healthier, um, pursuing healthy habits, and eating in a way that is honoring to God rather than a way that's gluttonous. And just going to dig into that a little bit. It's kind of another sermon to myself, um, reminding myself of why it matters. This information is for educational and informational purposes only and solely as a self-help tool for your own use. I am not providing medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems or illnesses without consulting your own medical practitioner. Always seek the advice of your own medical practitioner and or mental health provider about your specific health situation. For my full disclaimer, please go to www.joyfulweightloss.com forward slash disclaimer. So in talking about a Christian motivation for stewarding our health well or caring for our bodies and our health, um, I have to think back to um, the first question of the Westminster Catechism, okay? And that question is, what is man's chief end? And man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever, So when I hear that, I take away, okay, first of all, how does how I eat either bring glory to God or not bring glory to God? And how does how I eat um, reflect me enjoying him or not reflect me enjoying him? So those are two ways I start out thinking. Um, And when we're talking about bringing God glory and enjoying him, um, I want to think about, I also want to think about and contrast that with the question of comfort eating. Okay. We all talk about comfort eating. Comfort eating is something that within the church, it's talked about as kind of an acceptable thing um, that we would comfort eat. We would eat when we're uncomfortable, when we're worried, when we're you know, nervous, when we're grieving that we would turn to some food, some comfort food per se. Typically, it's not necessarily a food that's good for our health, but it's something that we like the taste of or that we have memories attached to that feel good. Um, But the the reality is what it's doing is we're having this uncomfortable emotion. And in avoiding that emotion and avoiding feeling that emotion, we seek out a comfort to kind of help us not, not feel the feeling so much. Um, And that is kind of what comfort eating entails. Well, is that, is that a good thing? Does that in the life of a Christian reflect bringing God glory or does it in some way rob him of glory? Well, I think when I look at that, I think, well, what if in these moments that I would turn to food because I'm stressed or I'm frustrated or I'm overwhelmed or, you know, sad or whatever the emotion is, what if I allowed that feeling 
to happen instead of covering it over. And I took that feeling to God in that moment. What if my habit was to turn to him in those moments instead of turning to quote unquote comfort food? What kind of spiritual discipline would develop from that? How much closer could my walk be? Could my Christian walk be? And how much more glory does God get when we run to him in these moments, when we run to his to his throne, to the foot of his cross, when we take our burdens to him out of habit um, instead of that kind of reflexive, instinctive turn to grab something to eat, um, that mindless numbing that comes from eating something during that emotional moment. So that's a question I think about when I think about the Christian motivation is what is where is the glory going when I comfort eat? Because I don't think that I'm glorifying God when I comfort eat. I think that I'm it's an opportunity to glorify him that is missed. And the other side of that is the enjoyment of God. And I think, well, am I really missing out on something? Not just in not getting to bring him glory, but am I missing out on the pleasures he offers, on the joy he offers, on the peace he offers? Because usually whatever emotion or concern, if I'm I'm fearful or worried, there is something better that he promises. He promises the antidote to that. He promises to give peace in times of worry. He promises to give um, comfort in times of grief. And those promises are true and real. And yet, instead of, you know, reaching for those in the moment of distress, when I turn to food for comfort, instead, I'm not only taking away from an opportunity to glorify him by going to him with my need, I'm also missing out on the treasures he offers, on the incredible peace he offers. And that's that kind of reminds me of a well-known piece of writing by C.S. Lewis. Um, you may have heard before, um, but basically, um, Lewis is talking about our desires. And he says, this is in an essay called The Weight of Glory. He says, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. So that quote from Lewis is kind of what I think of when I think of, you know, the mud pies in the slum. I think of the food. You know, we've got these feelings, we've got these distresses, these struggles in our life. And if we turn to the mud pies in the slum, which are just the the carnality of the food, you know, the taste of the food, the overeating, um, the numbing that comes from eating food to forget our feelings, we're missing out on this beautiful gift of the holiday at the sea, 
You know, we're, we're just far too easily pleased with a lesser, a lesser joy when there's a far greater joy that waits us, waits for us if we take these situations, these concerns, these things on our minds and our hearts to the throne of glory and we bring these things to him. So that's, that's, those are some things I think about when I think of the Christian motivation for, um, you know, eating in a way that's healthy in terms of dealing with emotional eating and comfort eating, that um, it's an opportunity to turn to him that is missed when we turn to food instead. The other thing I think about when I think about um, the Christian motivation for health is that I want to be a steward of the gifts he gave me. I want to steward my life and my health well, because there's a calling that he has for each of us. There's unique gifts and abilities he gave to each of us um, and ways we can serve in um, our communities, in our in our congregations, in among our neighbors. And to take care of the gifts he gave us, give, gave us includes taking care of the gift of health and cultivating it in the best way that I know how. And in doing so, I'm then better able to fulfill my calling in whatever area it is with whoever he puts in my life in a way that doesn't miss out on um, opportunities because of you know disability or disease that's a result of my decisions and choices. Um, so that is a conviction that is a Christian motivator for health. And in looking at our motivation for um, living well in terms of health as Christians, we can't not talk about gluttony. Gluttony is a sin, and it's spoken about frequently in scriptures, um, throughout scriptures. Well, what is gluttony? Um, and this this can be tricky because if you've listened to my podcast, you have heard me talk about all the physiology behind our struggles with eating. Um, there are biological drivers to our behaviors. There are brain pathways and, and the physiology is there, the, and the physiology is broken. Um, the physiology, um, the at a cellular level, at a molecular level, um, we are fallen creatures, both in spirit and body, and our physiology is broken. Um, and that's that's true. So these biological drivers exist, but they don't dismiss our responsibility. Um, there is right and wrong, and within each of us, we know. We know when we are making choices out of gluttony, and gluttony, um, as we need to understand it, is a, is, a, is a problem of the heart. It's not a problem of what we're eating so much as how we're eating and why we're eating, whether we're looking at a habitual overeating where we're worshiping food instead of living and enjoying and glorifying God. So when we're when we're eating out of an idolatry sort of situation, when we're worshiping food, when we're overeating, overindulging and turning to food in a habitually overeating way, this is this is what gluttony looks like. Um, and it's an issue of the heart. It's an issue of misplaced worship. So, you know, what that means is I can't look at anyone else and their life or what's on their plate, or what size clothing they wear. I have no idea if they have a struggle with gluttony or not. You know, I cannot see into the heart. Only God can see into the heart. And I can see, you know, but I I can tell you that I know in my heart when I'm being gluttonous, and God in his spirit can convict me of gluttony. And he does, because gluttony is something I struggle with regularly. And so 
Each of us in his own heart and his own life must deal with this before God, whether we believe or know that we're turning to food as something like an idol, if we're turning to food for comfort, if we're turning to food and seeking it out and our, and our, if our thought, if our thoughts surrounding it, um, are consuming us, um, and, and robbing us of our pleasure in God, then we have to look at, you know, where is the encumbrance? Where, what is it, um, in our day-to-day life that we can look for to lighten our load of what is pulling us away and towards food as an idol. You know, there are things that um, different things can be an encumbrance for different people. And an encumbrance, when I talk about that, I'm talking about what slows down our progress and our journey and what keeps us from making growth progress spiritually, um, physically, you know, encumbrances as contrasted with sin, an encumbrance, you know, maybe something that from, you know, maybe for me for a time, eating any sugar at all could be an encumbrance. And so I find that for a period of time, I need to cut it out for a while because it's become kind of a stumbling block. And just having a little bit is is just throwing me off so much that it makes my thoughts get consumed with food to an unhealthy extent. Whereas for someone else, perhaps they can have some sugar every day and it doesn't consume their thoughts and it doesn't damage their health. So for them, it might not be an encumbrance. So this is a very personal, um, individual you know, question to answer is what kinds of things create encumbrances in your life that are physical things related to food um, or related to habits that you need to deal with between you and God. Um, and this isn't something that someone else can answer for you. The reality is, the most important thing for Christians is not our physical health, but our spiritual health. And so if food is hindering our spiritual growth, that is where our deepest concern needs to rest. If food is pulling us away from the worship of the one true God, then we have a really big problem. And it's bigger than our health problem. It's bigger than our weight problem. So these are the kind of things to ask. These are the questions to think about as we consider what are our motives as Christians in looking to live healthier um, and seeking that um, the answers to that is really, you know, these are really personal questions between each individual and God. You know, we look at where the Apostle Paul talked about he, he had his thorn in the flesh he talks about having a thorn in the flesh. And there were, it's, there's kind of mystery surrounding, you know, what was Paul's thorn in the flesh? What is it that he was haunted by and struggled with so much? Um, well, for many of us, we can't just discount that our metabolic struggles might be a thorn in our flesh. But that does not mean that there's not purpose in them. Uh, God is not unaware that he placed you in this moment in history that he placed you in his providence in a society where you're surrounded by a thousand super extra tasty varieties of super extra caloric food that will, in fact, destroy your metabolic health if you overeat them. So he knows that he placed you in this time and place. And he knows your physiology. He knows your DNA. This is not outside his design. He knows your tendencies um, and your preferences, and he knows um, your genetic makeup and, and what kind of things you've inherited. So the purpose is there. This was not accidental that you've been placed in this time and place, and it wasn't accidental that you have these struggles. 
So then what you're left is, is, is left with is trying to understand what is the purpose then? Why? Why is this a struggle for you? What are you supposed to learn and how are you supposed to grow? There is some opportunity that exists here um, that can be uncovered and it can be beautiful. Um, the thing about it is that um, as a Christian, if, if you're a Christian, you know that God already accepts you and loves you just as you are, based on Christ's life and sacrifice, not your life, not what you've done. Nothing can separate you from Christ's love. And that absolutely includes struggling with your weight, struggling with your eating, carrying extra body fat. None of those things can separate you from his love. None of them. So there's a great hope and great comfort in that. Um, The other thing to be comforted by in this is that we know, we know that change is possible. Um, it is a total lie that you can't change. In seeking to change our habits, we must address fundamental beliefs about who we are and whether we can change and whether we really believe that God has the power to change us. Um, whether we believe that sanctification is possible, that we can become more like him. Um, and the reality is that over and over again, God has transformed people. He is in the business of transforming people. So we absolutely have the potential to change. And most of us live, you know, at a level that's comfortable, um, that's lower than our potential most of the time. Um, and, and we have the opportunity to partner and ask God for his help in changing. Um, and that's something that we can do. We can ask him for help and he will help us and he will be with us in a time of need. And one of the ways that he calls us to do that is by taking captive our thoughts, by renewing our mind. We need to take the time every day to look at our life, to look at the world and figure out what is it we're believing about God that isn't true. What do we believe about our circumstances that that isn't true? Where are we believing the wrong things? Where is it in our life that we're living in a way where our life is not in conjunction with our beliefs? And how can we take truth and believe it and apply that belief in truth and who God is to our situations and to our lives? Where can we um, renew our mind based on what is true about him in our circumstances and in the world around us that we see? So this is a daily discipline, a spiritual discipline um, that we need to grow in as we move through our lives and seek to turn to him for comfort instead of to food. So I hope that this has been helpful as you wrestle with your motivation for health and change as a Christian. I hope that you can be encouraged to know that change is possible and that he is the greatest source of comfort um, and that and that it is worth it is worth the cost of laying down our um, our impulsive desires in the moment for that quick fix of food in exchange for the eternal glory of knowing him and walking closely with him. Um, this is something I think about and struggle with, and um, I wanted to share it with you. Thank you for joining me today. If you've enjoyed this, I'm going to ask you to do a couple of things. First, please leave a review for me. This is how people find the podcast. Secondly, 
y'all sharing is caring, you can actually easily share this episode or a podcast entirely with a friend. Just text it to them. Lastly, if you're looking for more encouragement and direction from me, go sign up for my free newsletter. It's called The Extra Helping. You can go to www.joyfulweightloss.com. That's joyful spelled with two L's. And then when you're there, click on The Extra Helping to sign up. That's all for now, y'all. Don't forget to be sure you're subscribed and tune in again next week for more.